Welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. This is your host, Christina Orlova. Here we talk about all things OCD. If you're looking for help, download my free OCD Survival Kit. It's packed with resources and bonus worksheets to support you on your journey. Go to www.coreresults.com. Welcome to OCD Whisperer Show. Today with me, I have a guest from Dublin, Ireland, guys, Connell Harper. He has worked in multiple settings, including research department in Ireland's top university, Trinity College of Dublin, as well as a locked psychiatric unit and psychology department. He's currently completing his doctorate in psychotherapy, where his special interest area is in anxiety disorders and OCD in the perinatal period. He manages the CBT department in a busy maternity hospital in Dublin, Ireland, and also has a private practice where he treats moderate to severe mental health problems. Welcome to the show, Carl. Thank you very much for having me. So you and I actually connected on Instagram briefly, and and we talked a little bit about OCD. And and even just now before recording, we talked about kind of the international component of providers. And you said your specialty um, and what you're focusing in on is perinatal OCD. So can you tell us, like, what is that exactly? What is perinatal OCD? Yeah. So I suppose for people who are unfamiliar, OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. The perinatal period is a period in a woman's life between uh, pregnancy and postnatal. And so it's the period of pregnancy and for one year postnatally. Perinatal OCD is people who are who are experiencing obsessive compulsive disorder within that period during pregnancy and one year postnatal. So with perinatal OCD, what kind of symptoms do you think somebody might have just so they can kind of as they're listening to you start to see like, hey, is this something that I'm having? Yeah, so I think that there are a lot of kind of classic OCD symptoms, so cleaning, checking, etc., can become much worse in perinatal OCD. But what people will often find is that there is a increase in the responsibility threshold. Obviously, as a new mom or worried about carrying the baby, and what tends to happen is that kind of fuels more intrusive images, and the intrusive images tend to be around infant-related harm thoughts or I or HTs or that something bad will happen to the baby, not necessarily as a fault of the mom. And, and that's kind of what kind of separates maybe perinatal OCD from uh, kind of standard OCD. It tends to be re- related to the baby and the welfare of the baby. And so you're saying that if somebody has that, that their OCD will basically attach to anything and everything around, it sounds like the safety of the of the baby. Exactly, yeah. So in classic OCD, the kind of CBT formulation of, or understanding of it is that the intrusive images have a weight to them, which makes them morally repugnant. They're kind of what are called ego dystonic. So they're morally shameful for people. And that's why people find the intrusive thoughts so distressing. So if you think about this, a very kind of classic example is that a straight man will have intrusive images of having sex with other men or a person will have I'm just trying to think, you know, so, someone who's extremely safety conscious will have intrusive images about their house burning down as a result of their fault. And that's where the shame kicks in. And so they're kind of the worst things that could happen based on that person's kind of moral stance or where they see themselves, their ego. In perinatal OCD, what tends to happen is that women try to pride themselves on being the best mom or being a very good, loving uh, mom. And what tends to happen is that the worst thing that could happen is obviously something terrible happening to the baby at their hands of the intrusive images. It can be them dropping the baby, them hurting the baby intentionally or unintentionally. And so that's kind of the, the, the link there. And so then it sounds like if they're having that, obviously, then, then they're going to feel this intense urge and need to um, kind of repetitively, compulsively 
continue checking to make sure that they didn't do that or checking that they're they're not, you know, they didn't drop the baby or that they didn't, didn't do anything wrong. They might, I would imagine, probably mentally also kind of ruminate on things or review things. Yeah. So it can be to, to they can, they can have kind of obsessive ruminations, but they can also, um, what, what you tend to find in OCD is that people tend not to avoid, they tend to engage in a behavior. So the compulsion is, is a way of avoiding the anxiety, but it's not a behavioral avoidance, if that makes sense. It's more of an emotional avoidance. With um, perinatal OCD, what you'll tend to find is that if I have an intrusive image about me hurting my baby or walking down the stairs and dropping my baby on the stairs is a very common one. I might be more inclined to not engage with my baby for fear that I may act on it. And so for like a lot of your listeners that may or may not know, one of the kind of core cognitive um, distortions that exists in OCD is that a thought about something happening is the same as it actually happening. And so people tend to worry an awful lot that if I think it, it'll happen. So if I think about dropping my baby, it's guaranteed to happen. Therefore, that creates the anxiety, the shame, the guilt. So they tend to withdraw from the baby and that obviously impacts on the bond, the attachment, and it can have interpersonal problems in the relationship if it's not a single mother. That's amazing. And then you may also mention the word emotional avoidance. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So for a lot of people, I suppose this um, in in OCD, what they are trying to do is that when they have an intrusive image, so a kind of classic example is people who check stoves or fires at nighttime to make sure they're gone out or turned off. What they might have is an intrusive image of their house going on fire and them or their family being burned to death. That causes an intense level of anxiety and they feel that by not checking to make sure the stove is off, they are failing in their duty to protect their family. This induces a sense of shame or guilt, which is the ego dystonic piece, not who they are. And so in order to avoid those feelings or guilt or shame, they will carry out the compulsion. So they will check the stove or check the locks to make sure everything's okay. That they can kind of go, phew, I feel like I've avoided the shame. I feel like I've avoided the guilt. I've avoided the anxiety through preempting and preventing the catastrophe of my house going on fire. That can be a form of emotional avoidance or just not engaging with it. Got it. And so if someone actually has this kind of presentation in OCD and, and partially kind of anybody listening today, you know, what, I, what um, also Connell just said, which I want to highlight is that you know, we're treating the OCD, the disorder, right? So understanding broadly how OCD operates that, you know, there, there's this process where you have intrusions, you feel intense emotional distress, and then you feel driven to engage in repetitive behaviors, which can be mental or physical, which are compulsions and kind of recognizing that whether it's attaching to a perinatal topic or harm or morality or relationships or contamination or whatever it is, kind of being able to step back and globally more understand how the disorder works. And so with that, again, if somebody is having this, I can imagine, of course, it's really hard, right? Because I, I, all OCD is difficult, but I think some topics for some folks can, you know, kind of make it even more sensitive. And so what can somebody do or how can somebody work with this kind of presentation? Um, but I, I suppose the first thing they need to do is they need to try and kind of seek some kind of professional um, help quite quickly because the longer it's untreated, the more damage they do to themselves and to the bond between them and the baby. With perinatal OCD, there's no actual risk of the people acting on the intrusive images. Uh, and I want to be very clear on that for anyone who, who is experiencing those things. It's extremely unlikely you'd ever act on them. They're, they're ego dystonic. They're not something you want. It's just that you can't stop thinking about them. 
Um, so the first thing is, you know, what a lot of people tend to do is that when they have intrusive images or intrusive thoughts, they try and block the thoughts out. And what happens is in order to block a thought out, you need to think about what the thought is. So it's kind of counterproductive. You need to invite it in in order to block it out. And what happens is that kind of accelerates the thought process and people feel like they are losing control or going mad. And then they think, oh, my goodness, if my anxiety is this high and I can just lose control, maybe I will act on the thoughts that are distressing me. And so people get very confused and kind of convoluted in their head around that. And that's what really causes the distress is the unpredictability or perceived unpredictability of it. And so it's it's about trying to find a therapist who really, I suppose, understands OCD, understands that transition into motherhood or fatherhood, depending on who's suffering, and can hopefully help you make sense of that experience. That that is my advice. There's also a international algorithm for the treatment of OCD. I think it's Hutner et al. 2021 that looks at kind of the gold standard uh, treatments for OCD. Uh, and there is a there is an international algorithm for perinatal OCD as well. Um, and it looks at kind of um, CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy as first choice, and then combining that with um, SSRIs. And then failing that, looking at like a clomipramine or something else as a, as a medication of choice that can be quite helpful. Um, but again, that's up to people to speak to their doctors around that. Got it. Yeah. And when we're talking about CBT, we're talking about like exposure response prevention kind of stuff, right? Acceptance commitment therapy. And and I don't know if anybody knows or have, has heard of also inference-based CBT. You know, I know one of the things you and I've talked about, and this is interesting because you've brought this up. So I, I, I thought this could be an interesting point of discussion for folks to hear we usually talk about OCD through the lens of evidence-based practices, like the ones we just mentioned, right? ERP, ACT, ICBT. But you mentioned something like looking at it through analytic psychotherapy. So can you tell us what that actually means? Um, I most certainly try. When we think about uh, psychoanalytic psychotherapy, really what we're talking about for people who are unfamiliar is um, Sigmund Freud and the development of psychoanalysis in the early kind of 1900s. And Freud wrote a very famous paper um, about obsessional neurosis in his case called The Rat Man. And, and basically Freud's theory emerged from that case, I think 1909 or 1919, I can't remember exactly, but it, it, it's the idea that we have this kind of tripartite model of who we are. So in psychoanalysis, the idea that we have the id, the ego, and the superego. And the, the ego is a, is a moderating force between the id, which is impulsive or aggressive urges, and the superego is a kind of hyper-moralistic and uh, judgmental self, and the, the ego regulates the two. And so Fenichel, in 1945, um, expanded on Freud's work to look at maybe how the superego, the, the hypermoralistic part, expresses severe judgment on the id's repressed sexual or aggressive urges. And so it's about the kind of urges they may have towards their parents or towards the world in general, and that the, the superego is kind of judging them to their caught between this kind of moral battle between kind of uh, impulse versus uh, importance of containing it. And they don't have this, they have an ambivalent sense of self, so they can't regulate it. And, and so you kind of see that play out in like we all have intrusive images in the general public. We all have images that come into our head or intrusive thoughts and we kind of don't pay them much either. Like, oh, I thought that that's OK because I know who I am and I know I'm a good person. Whereas with OCD, because of that moral component, they're caught between, well, am I a good person? Am I a bad person? And when they have then intrusive thoughts, that kind of fuels the fire of maybe I am a bad person because that's why I have these thoughts. And it's that undefined sense of self. And so in kind of more psychoanalytic uh, therapy, 
It's about kind of using that character transference and transference and l- looking at kind of attachment dynamics in, in their upbringing as a child that would have developed their sense of self. You know, it's very interesting to hear all this because I can already tell you 100%, anybody listening right now who just heard all of that, their head is probably spinning (laughs) because typically when we talk about OCD work, we really talk about cognitive behavioral approaches. We really get away and don't talk about psychoanalytic approaches or Freud or any of that stuff at all because through over the last, you know, 60 years that ERP has been around at least and ACT, I think, has been around for, yeah, since like the 70s. And like I said, now ICBT has been around also for like 25 years. All of these CBT approaches really over time have shown our understanding that, you know, in OCD, there's kind of a brain component that's happening that's essentially a person is not able to kind of categorize or process correctly when they're getting that air threat message. When you're bringing in the psychoanalytic component just now, right? This is the stuff that in the, just in the field, at least here in the States, most people would say, oh my gosh, no, we're not doing that. So this is an interesting conversation, right? Because what I'm also really hearing you say is it's interesting because there's an element of this that connects to kind of not just addressing kind of the straightforward OCD parts, but also stepping back a bit further and kind of looking more globally. How did you develop your sense of self? Like, what is your vulnerability? What are kind of your insecurities, if you will, that at least that's how I'm kind of hearing it, right? That OCD will latch onto or OCD will use against you to kind of badger yourself, really, and to say, oh, see, you could be this horrible, terrible person. And and maybe you really do have these terrible intentions and desires and, you know, you now have to sit and, and just spend this exorbitant amount of time trying to figure this out, hence the compulsion, to try to prevent that from being true. Yeah. And, and, and so, so one way to kind of look at this is that, like, like, an individual may develop kind of perfectionistic traits as a defense mechanism in psychoanalytic terms against the kind of reoccurring unacceptable impulses or thoughts they may have growing up. So, for example, let's say that I grow up in a house that is unstable, where my mother or father is quite aggressive, and so I don't feel very safe. I may have certain kind of negative thoughts or impulses towards my parents because, you know, I'm quite scared of them, but at the same time, I depend on them. And that's quite a frightening place for a child to be. And so sometimes they may have intrusive images or intrusive thoughts. And they may try and offset that by developing certain characteristics or traits as defense mechanisms. So, you know, maybe like tapping my head or doing things perfectly to avoid being in trouble or whatever that might be that feeds into, you know, in terms of what's called object relations theory or kind of, I suppose, for people who are, so for people who are kind of unaware, there's kind of CBT is kind of a kind of umbrella term that incorporates multiple different therapies. And one of the derivative therapies is schema therapy that was developed by Jeff Young. And kind of young and bricker in 1993 did an interesting paper on that and what they're talking about is the development of cognitive affective schemas and these are repeated interactions that shape our worldview and the way that we behave as a result and so a child that is kind of maybe criticized repeatedly they will have to deal with a lot of guilt and shame so they may develop perfectionistic tendencies to offset or to reduce the emotional distress they feel and that becomes their way of coping or working through the world and that then may be exhibited in times of intense responsibility 
when it comes to say looking after their family's safety that that perfectionism may go through the roof and become an unhelpful part of their personality and maybe kind of checking locks frequently and that might kind of occupy a lot of their time and that can be a way of offsetting or not dealing with childhood traumas that are otherwise dealt with um, and i suppose the reason that i took the view of the kind of psychoanalytic objective object relations theory and schema therapy view of it is because I'm yet to meet a client with OCD who grew up in optimal uh, childhood environment. And there's enough research that we know that CBT is not necessarily getting the job done. And there's a lot of people who finish what are deemed successful courses of CBT, but they're left with residual symptoms. And that happens in around 35% occasions, according to some of the randomized control trials. And so I'm trying to kind of maybe separate out treating the disorder and treating the person and trying to not miss them in the treatment of the disorder, if that makes sense. Totally. Like I said, I think this is a very interesting conversation and episode. And, and I know anybody listening, there's going to be a whole slew of questions and and triggers that are going to come up. Um, because again, in the States, and even in general, I'll say, you know, this year's International CD Foundation, you know, when I attended that conference, that there was kind of interesting conversations around starting to look at combining things like exposure response prevention work with dialectical behavioral therapy training for some of that emotional regulation, things like acceptance commitment therapy processes kind of all together and really kind of looking at kind of expanding our, our knowledge base of, because the reality is clinically, for example, in my treatment with folks, I have seen plenty of people who don't actually kind of meet the criteria for PTSD or trauma, they haven't really quite had something like that, but they still exhibit pretty intense OCD symptoms. Mm -hmm. And then I've seen folks who have had, you know, kind of small T trauma and then big T trauma where they meet the criteria for full on diagnosis of PTSD, but they've had, you know, more, you know, kind of, yeah, just different traumas that I guess, you know, if we think about it as humans in general, we, we all go through different traumatic experiences throughout our lifetime. And that with, with their OCD sometimes would really make the OCD flare up. And other times the OCD did not necessarily become as intense. But one element that's been true throughout everybody, um, and again, this is something clinically that I've seen, this is not, you know, research paper here, but it's more the, the degree of stress that people go through, that the moment you have intense stressors in your life and, and the degree of stress increases, that definitely seems to have a correlation with kind of increases in your symptoms. That was actually found in in a couple of different studies on obsessive compulsive personality disorder, where they realized that the rates of success are heavily correlated with baseline levels of anxiety. And so that's why more applied relaxation techniques are used towards those kind of personality disorders rather than the kind of cognitive behavioral therapy approaches, which is it's more about the emotional regulation use, as, as you said um, very correctly, kind of bringing in supplementary therapeutic. And so Marshall Linehan and Linda DeMeffs uh, dialectic behavioral therapies are, are very good for those kind of presentations for that reason. Exactly. And like you just said, right, OCPD, a personality disorder is very different than OCD mm -hmm. um, disorder because with a personality disorder, that's where somebody is very focused on a little bit kind of rigidly on rules, regulations, you know, how people should behave and things like that versus OCD, 
it's really marked with with that intrusive process, intrusive images, feelings, thoughts, all of it goes against kind of who you are and what you want versus an OCPD, a personality disorder. It's actually an alignment. People will say, no, no, this is how things should be. This, this is the right way. So there is kind of that distinction. But I think really more globally, again, what I'm really hearing here is kind of understanding and interesting why making this correlation as we're talking right now, because an inference-based CBT, which is a cognitive model, you know, one of the modules we cover is understanding the vulnerable self-theme. And we look at what that that vulnerable self-theme, that feared OCD self-theme is, and we understand that part of how that develops, it's, it's kind of based on some of these, sometimes our earlier experiences as well, that creates these kind of insecurities. And then the brain will start to latch on because that's what OCD brains do. They'll start to kind of hyper-focus and latch on to certain pieces. Mm. And then suddenly, you know, you're very hyper-focused on just that aspect of the self and forget that, wait a minute, I'm a whole being and there's so many other things I do, but I'm suddenly not even taking that into consideration. Yeah. I think that it's important for people, especially who are kind of treating OCD to remember that that the OCD, OCPD or OC, obsessive compulsive personality disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder are very different disorders, but that there is a huge overlap in the presentation and that people that present with obsessive compulsive personality disorder, there was a study in 2013, I think Freiburg did a study that found there's a 52% comorbidity between the two. So there's, there's, a, there's a huge crossover. And I think a lot of therapists can get quite stuck if they apply purest CBT to those people and, and maybe and miss some of the other factors as you're saying there about the trauma if they don't have kind of acceptance commitment therapy or DBT or kind of other schools or modalities to draw on to 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 target uh, particular difficulties that people experience and um, that's that's in my clinical experience I've found that anyway uh, it, it, it can be challenging uh, and I think that what what you're saying around kind of children and upbringing is that one thing that I've learned, and I, and I, it, it's something that I kind of experience a lot clinically, is that the mums who experience—I I, I say mums because I work with the female population—I I, I don't, we don't treat the, the fathers. It's they are trying to protect their children from their own childhood experiences, and so there is a very kind of, a, you know, there, there is this kind of psychoanalytic component to it of that inner child piece that they are trying to make sure that their child doesn't have their life and the only way they can do that is by giving the child the best possible life so that responsibility threshold perfectionism is all at peak and obviously whenever there's a massive rise in responsibility there's going to be a massive rise in intrusive images and that's going to fuel the ocd and so it's about kind of targeting the ocd symptoms to reduce distress but also trying to understand what has happened in childhood that has led you to developing this as a way of coping and how do we unpack that? Uh, and, and you're right, it, it is an unpopular thing to talk about psychoanalysis, especially in CBT in the same sentence. And um, I'm sure some of my colleagues might kind of, you know, take the holy water and garlic out when I come into the room. But <laughs> I, I think it's really important that people are aware that just because psychoanalysis and, you know, hasn't been shown to work, it's interesting that schema therapy, which a lot of the foundations of schema therapy is kind of built on a lot of psychoanalysis and object and object relations theory, like schema therapy is showing validity for various treatments and it should be integrated. So 
I'm trying to work towards a more blended, holistic model of treating OCD for those people who OCD, C CBT specific treatment doesn't necessarily work. Well, yeah, it's like you said, right? We, we know that there's at least in research shows 30% of the 30% of the population that does not respond to kind of standard CBT ERP treatment. So it's a big number, right? And it's like, okay, well, what do we do and how else can we help folks? And, and I have to say over time, even for myself, like, first of all, yes, the two words together in a sentence in the community for therapists saying psychotherapy and CBT, it's like, what? Uh, and there's an immediate reaction. But, you know, my goal with, with the podcast is to just continue to have different conversations of all sorts. I think that's valuable to have us to just reflect on things and, you know, not deny and not stop using things that we know work, but continue to expand upon, you know, what else are we seeing, though, especially clinically in the room? Or what are we seeing through the data? Like, what what is going on with that 30%? Or, okay, you've you know, successfully manage the kind of OCD symptoms, but then what else is there? And then knowing, you know, how do you address some of that stuff? And and that may be with an OCD specialist and that may not, right? It may, it may be that the OCD specialist needs to know to say, now might be time to refer you out to, you know, kind of this next step. I definitely hear that, you know, being able to understand sometimes earlier childhood pieces may be relevant and sometimes they may not, but but that is a skill that you have to develop to understand when and where does that seem to be actually important as OCD is manifesting, right? And what the function of that behavior is, what, what is it really about? What is it trying to do? Where is that coming from? And sometimes, again, that is important. And sometimes it really isn't per se from anything deeper. It's, it's just because it's OCD and OCD is creating some story about it. It's about the client's level of readiness or willingness to accept that their childhood experiences may have had an impact on their development. Um, and I think that there's enough literature that exists in the developmental trauma space that a lot of clients aren't ready to go there. And that's okay. And I think that's where it is about treating the disorder. Like if you work in a kind of public health system where you're extremely time limited, it's about symptom reduction and it's about stress management. And that, that's the kind of the, the core emphasis of the public practice. It, it's trying to reduce that unless you have the flexibility to do that. And I think that in private practice, people have the luxury of being able to afford the, the finance and the time to pursue those potentially deeper questions about like, you know, who am I actually and what was it like? And you know, what is my attachment style and how do my parents' relationships impact on me and my sense of self and my relationships? And what was it like actually when, you know, my father or mother was drunk and I was a four-year-old and you know, I never actually thought about it. But now that I do think about it, what would it be like for any four-year-old to be exposed to that? And they can kind of ask those deeper questions about who they are on a more core level. And I think it's very hard on people to, I, I kind of see kind of CBT slash psychotherapy is you've got kind of two options. One is kind of treat the disorder and the other is a potentially transformative journey. Um, and I think that you, you, you need to cut your clock measure. If some people are very keen on the transformative piece, but might not be ready to go there. And that's okay because trauma is a lot. And if you're in a position, like a lot of my clients would be who've got kind of perinatal OCD where, and, and you see this in treating teenagers as well, where, you know, it's actually really hard to go into the child of trauma because they depend on their parents for so much support. And it puts them in a very difficult position because, oh, I need my mom or my dad to pick up my kids from school and do a bit of babysitting. 
but at the same time I need to deal with the fact that you know they were actually maybe physically abusive to me going up and now is maybe not the best time in my life to do that you know what I mean so that that creates a huge challenge for people so people need to be in the right space for that and you know people have their whole lives so you know it's about taking your time but also not betraying your future self and letting yourself down by not asking the bigger questions and taking on the bigger issues. Yeah, Connell, thank you so much. This has been definitely a very interesting conversation. Like I said, anybody listening, you know, I'm sure you, a lot of things have been stirred up. Sit on it, process it, maybe re-listen again. So if anybody is listening to this and they would like to find you, how can they find you? Yeah, CBT Solutions, www.cbtsolutions.ie is my website. And my Instagram handle is cognitive underscore Connell. So cognitive underscore C-O-N-A-L. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to OCD Whisperer podcast. If you want to take your recovery journey to the next level, our online class, the OCD free ERP mindset, may be the right thing for you. It features video lessons, journal prompts, and worksheets designed to help you break the OCD cycle. Access it now and start thriving today at www.coreresults.com forward slash e-learning. All links are in the show notes.